This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Jubilee. Warlord, we're going to cover. We're, I've got all kinds of stories about your dear queen tonight. Not all of them are mocking, mocking her. I promise you. Not all of them. <laughs> we are going to cover the Jubilee that happened over in Britain. That's why That's why uh, Warlord is so ecstatic here tonight. Been getting his Jubilee on. Sent me a pretty funny meme. Not all mocking. That's an improvement. Exactly. Uh, well, I, I keep having arguments on Twitter about whether uh, Prince Pedo is a pedophile or not, which, spoiler alert, he is. <laughs> we got all kinds of fun shit to talk about tonight. I'm going to uh, play a clip of Vosh. I, uh, I was on with Echoplex Media until like 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. RB, welcome you know, I'm not high enough for this shit, and I don't mind if I do. Oh yeah, I broke the bong out for tonight. So, I was on with Echoplex Media until like 4.30, 5 o'clock. Uh, Producer Dave also got me kind of Steve last night. So I I drank some alcohol and um, after I got off with Echoplex, you know, like my adrenaline is pumping when I get done doing streams and shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a performer. I'm really into this shit. So I can't go to bed for a while. And plus I was really drunk. So I, I made some food, had some, had some taco salad at five o'clock in the morning. Probably not a good thing. So then, uh, as I'm actually laying down to go to bed, by the time I get to like 8, 8.30 or something like that, well, Warlord, uh, Echoplex Media is uh, like a couple of time zones ahead of me. So it's not actually so late at night for them <laughs> when, when they're doing their usual stream. It's late at night for me. Like how it's late at night for you right now and it's still sunshine here for me. So as I'm laying down to go to bed, I think I'm like like doing my good night routine and and like turning my phone off. My pot dealer messaged me and say, "Hey, I'm gonna bring you a free sample by. I'm gonna be there in an hour." And I'm like, "Fuck!" So I did. I ended up getting up and like staying up another three or four hours. So I ha- I haven't been out of bed all that long this afternoon. I'm still drinking coffee, but I had I did have a hamburger a few minutes ago. Uh, so I, I have eaten. Uh, here is your meme for the day. Sorry, I didn't use yours, Warlord. Thought it was like you know, uh, police help during a school shooting. Not everybody would get it. I stole that. That's not my original joke. Left-wing group too disorganized for FBI agents to infiltrate. There's an onion headline. But this is painfully true. Painfully true. I'm still not high enough for this shit. What else are we talking about? I don't even have my notes up. 
I've got fun shit. Oh, oh, this isn't fun, but as long as we're talking about the cops. Were we talking about the cops? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, I made a joke about it. <laughs> Police in... Uh, I don't know where this took place. I'm sorry. Police refused to help a drowning man. I've actually got the body cam uh, video of the cops refusing to help a drowning man. Because the cops aren't there to protect you. They're not there to protect you. They're not there to protect you. Oh, shit. Let me find out who this is. Propot Kinetic. What is up? I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but thank you for being a freaking follower. I have a new t-shirt design. I'm going to unveil a new t-shirt design for the Freak Store. I think you guys are going to like it. And some of the proceeds are going to go to a charity. It's also going with, uh, it's it's what we're going to... Uh, uh, oh, Sky Comet, thank you for the resub. It's going to go with one of our major stories here tonight, which is, it's just another day in Mass Shooting USA. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed your video. Thank you for being a freaking follower. We're glad to have you here. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm Justin Freakin' and I cover the news. Right now I'm kind of like, you know, this is my opening segment. I just came on. We're running down what we're going to talk about tonight. I did news on the radio for like fucking three, four, five years, something like that. I don't even remember now. It was so long ago. Been published in four different newspapers. And now I do this for you guys. Cover the news. We're going to talk about the Jubilee in Britain. We're going to go over the results of the Ontario election. Because that that Ford family, they're wild. (laughs) Oh, we're going to talk about Peter Navarro's arrest. Which when I was telling Sparkles about it on Friday, she thought I was talking about Dave Navarro. I'm like, I'm giving enough time and Dave Navarro is probably going to get arrested. No, Peter Navarro... A former top economic advisor to former President Trump who uh, was instrumental in trying to orchestrate the coup on January 6th, promoting the stop the steal big lie. If any of you actually watched the freak show on Friday night, was it entertaining? Was that okay? I don't know what happened. I don't remember anything about it. Clip that I watched that I put on YouTube wasn't my best work. I'll tell you that. He came in like double fisted with fucking bottles of wine. We're going to hear from Adam Shift. See, the the January 6th committee hearings are going to start this week. We might go live with them during the day. Oh, oh, also, big news, big news. As I said, I was on Echoplex Media for hours last night. Uh, Everything just came together. Apparently, uh, producer Dave and I are going to be doing a show hosted by me, produced by producer Dave. Simulcasted on both our channels. It's going to be on Tuesday, Thursday. 
I think it's going to happen around 3 o'clock Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, something like that. I don't remember what the premise was. We had a premise for it, and I think we even had a name for it. But as I said, I was a little drunk last night, and all this just came together. So you're getting a brand new stream with Producer Day producing me, like... I'm going to be, you know, the main host. Producer Dave will be by my side, chiming in wherever appropriate. So look forward to that. It could happen like next week or it could happen like six months from now. That was that was Dave's exact phrase. So that's what you get. Oh, shit. What what else do I have over here to talk about? Shooting, 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 shooting. Oh, sorry. A lot of fucking shootings. Shootings, January 6th. And then we're going to get down with the Jubilee. Uh, but first off tonight, I'm actually going to show you a YouTube comment that I would like to respond to. I can find it. Here we go. Try to get her name out of it. Well, because I believe I believe she's using her real name. I apologize. I'm not trying to dox you or anything. You comment pretty much the same. Now, this was under my making fun of Jeremy's Razors. The Daily Wires razor brand that they came out with to to try to cancel culture Harry's Razors for some reason. I'd never heard of Harry's Razors until the Daily Wires started buying all kinds of fucking advertisement and showing me their stupid-ass Jeremy's Razors. So this is the video I made mocking it, because let, let me tell you, the, the transphobes have been out hot and heavy this week since the Matt Walsh What is a Woman documentary came out. I have been asked that question so many times by idiots, I'm tired of, of explaining it. But this was on the Jeremy's Razors video. You comment pretty much the same thing to every single person, and yeah, calling people sheep seems like a great way to sway minds to your stance. And like... That doesn't sound like me. I I don't know that I was calling people sheep. I kind of scrolled through and like I did see that like I'd been like, and you people call others sheep or something like that. So everyone everyone knows my catchphrase is right wingers are morons. And I don't know why people think like that's always the critique of me. Well, that's a great way to try to sway minds. Who says I'm trying to sway your mind? Maybe I'm not trying to appeal to you. They continue. All the things you are saying about conservatives could be thrown right back at you and your beliefs and reasoning. No, they can't. In short, your arguments are weak at best. No, I will tell you what was a weak argument was that. To, to make that assertion and give no supporting evidence, that was a weak argument. I'm sorry, Alice. And before you assume, no, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat or whatever BS political party that's available. Of course, you're one of those enlightened centrists. 
We're going to hear from one of those when we watch this Vosh video. I am simply a natural-born U.S. citizen concerned with the absolute idiocracy and disarray that is running our country into the ground. Me as well. Me as well. So why can't we find common ground and take out the oligarchy, the corporations that have bought and dismantled our government? And sorry to have to be the one to tell you this, but the way you approach these hot topics, quote-unquote, the Jeremy's Razor video... By the way, yeah, this is a substantive video where I'm just mocking the absurdity of the Jeremy's Razors commercial. But the way you approach these hot topics seem to be a part of the problem that only exacerbate the issue. It seems like you're the one who lacks self-awareness. Once again, no supporting evidence. With that being said, I sincerely wish you nothing but the best and success in your life. But going around insulting people because they believe something different or have a different perspective is no way to go through life trying to achieve something. It's not helpful to you or your cause or anyone else for that matter. I hope you understand that this is coming from a place of solicitude. Well, Alice, I hope you understand that this is coming from a place of go-fuckitude. If you're not going to the Daily Wire, who regularly calls, and their fans regularly call people like me groomers for supporting the LGBTQ community, being a part of the LGBTQ community. If you're not going over to the Daily Wire and leveling this critique at them, especially them, I'm just mocking a fucking idiotic commercial. And you're not going over and leveling that critique at the people that are calling us groomers. Groomers. I've been called a groomer today on Twitter. Then, like, I think you lack self-awareness. It's always this appeal to respectability politics, which, which might I add, always favors the status quo. This try-to-be-wannabe-play-centrist always ends up benefiting the right-wing Republican Party and the corporate interests in this country. So I ain't playing nice with these fucks. The people that wanted to do an insurrection on January 6th, 2021. I'm not playing nice with those fucks. They are morons. I am going to call them out, and they are fascistic And that's, that's one of the things I want to get into is Vosh had a uh, centrist on it, it, it. Apparently, they are uh, a trans woman. He posted this a day or two ago. And I just happened like I just happened to be looking for something to kill time while I was waiting on my pot dealer this morning. And... Well, we disagree on pretty much everything. Debating a centrist trans woman was the title. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I've never actually watched Vosh. I'm, I'm interested. And I watched about an hour of this. <laughs> an hour is all I could take. And I would like to show you the moment that I'm like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Like, this, this centrist trans woman is very young. 
She's she's twenty two. And the the naivete comes through. And there's one of the reasons why I waited so long to to do something like this is because at twenty two I was a dumb fuck and didn't know Jack about shit to where I could talk it and like at twenty two I was the news director of nine radio stations. I was perfectly equipped to read police press releases and reword shit from the AP and go out and interview fucking people with these non-profits and put together these feel-good stories and shit. That's what I did. But I was not, I was not anywhere near educated enough to get on here and like debate these topics on these these deep issues that are far more complex than than she obviously knows. And I I want to play you the moment that I just like wow, I can't believe she just said that and I feel sorry for her. It's about 3 or 4 minutes from here. But I wanted to get I wanted to get enough of the setup. See, the fact that January 6th, you know, as awful as it was, the fact that nothing did happen from it is just proof that our democracy is great and that, you know, it's able to prevent these coups from happening. That's a bad attitude to have. You know, school shootings account for such a small percent of gun deaths that it's not worth mentioning. Yeah, when you talk about the political violence being done by conservatives, that's also a very small percentage of violence or political violence in general being done. So, yeah, you seem like that's a major thing to focus on, like this inevitable disaster. Uh, the statistics, I mean, how many people in the United States have died from conservative violence? Obviously, there's some, and every time it's a tragedy, and I hope the people that do that are locked in prison because it's just disgusting. But I don't think it's this... this 435 total deaths, and 76% of them came from right-wing extremism. People, those directions, you, we can have that discussion. But I don't, you know, think that there's going to be like, you know, any crazy like mass violence against any groups or that this is a serious threat that needs serious action. Everyone says it can't happen here till it happens here, right? I mean, you say that because January 6th didn't lead to the overthrow of the government, that's a sign of America's strength. But the beer hall putsch in Germany also did not lead to the overthrow of the Weimar Republic. The difference there being, of course, that Hitler was thrown in jail after the beer hall putsch and no Republican official. He keeps coming back to Nazi Germany, and I understand the comparison and everything, but it's probably not the best strategy because, you know... ...pretty darn well for the future right now. Um, she keeps like, who's not like Nazi Germany? My, 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 my argument here isn't based on, like, conservative crime statistics. We have a party, the second largest party in the country, who is pretty openly anti-democracy, and if they attain power, I think there's fair reason to believe that they would use it to subvert our democracy. And in such a time of civil unrest, I think it's good that people be armed. You would agree that Republicans are anti-democracy, right? That there's no other way to reconcile their behavior, the support of the insurrection, the persistent months and years long lying about the results of the 2020 election, the fact that Donald Trump um, like, it, it continues to like essentially prompt and threaten civil war. Uh, in speeches and in like social media behavior, so and it's not just Trump. That nothing but a violent insurrection can oust the uh, you know the Democrats. The thing that worries me the most is you know the Shasta County Board of Supervisors that's been taken yeah. over. All these little school boards that are being taken over by these MAGA assholes. 
think that there is a point to be had in the sense that when it comes to Joe Biden winning the election ferry, there was a disturbing amount of people who said, no, Joe Biden did not win this fair election because of, I don't know, reasons, mail-in voting, even though statistically been proven to actually be realistic, and it actually accounts for all the votes, people still said that that wasn't right. But my argument would be like when Trump won in 2016, people were saying, no, Hillary won this election. So it's a like, horrid yeah, false equivalency. In this case, you know, the Republicans were maybe a little more extreme than 2016. But you at the think, same wait, time, I don't think... Wait, I'm sorry. I, I have to hold on that. Hillary Clinton conceded the election the next day. The people who said Hillary Clinton won the election did so because she won the popular vote while losing the electoral vote. Nothing that Hillary Clinton's fans did was like subverting democracy. It was criticism of the electoral college system. I don't think there's any comparison to be made between that. No, I, I know. I was, I was actually just about to say that. I don't think it's the same, but I think... Why did you bring it up? I don't think it's... Obviously, if you look at it, I think there's a lot more problem on one side than another. I think that is a fair point to make. And I do think that that's a worry. A hell of a lot more problem on one um, side. I don't think it's such a worrying trend that it's like people need to arm themselves, be prepared for this huge political unrest in the nation. I think, I so think we're fine. We have a party. I think the media just wants to make it seem like so extreme. And I just think- wait till you hear what she says. For whom tens of millions of Americans still believe that the current sitting president is there illegitimately after cheating, who believe that there is a deep state that conspiratorially orchestrates the outcomes of American elections with a presidential frontrunner, Donald Trump, who not only did prompt all of this, but continues to threaten that our democracy is illegitimate. This isn't, you think the media is overblowing this? I think the media is underblowing this. What we're looking at right now is a pretty clear set of signals that the Republican Party, if given the power to- From top to bottom, especially down at the bottom, especially at the local level, which is where they're going to tabulate votes in an election. In 2024, if they win the presidency, they're going to have the court and the presidency, and they will- Wait till you hear what she says. In Congress, and at best, they might have both- of the bicameral seats. If that's the case, I consider that, I mean, we're, we're talking about a tremendous, tremendous threat. I think that you're dramatically downplaying both the seeming interest they have in undermining democracy and also the means that they have to achieve it, the ability. They're currently undermining long-standing constitutional precedent with Roe v. Wade. The Roe v. Wade thing is, uh, if you look at the statistics of who supports it, it's unpopular and it's probably going to hurt them in the vote. I don't think, though, that like Republicans would suddenly become a dictatorship if politically it was okay for them to do so. I think if they ever tried to do that, they would never win on the election again because nobody wants <laughs> Let me Let me run that back for a second for you. ...to threaten that our democracy is illegitimate this isn't you think the media is overblowing this i think the media is underblowing this what we're looking at right now is a pretty clear set of signals that the republican party if given the power to would just do away with democracy they already have the courts <laughs> they're probably going to have the senate they might end up having the house In if 20- the republican party becomes a dictatorship they will lose the next election at worst have a and that's, that's why you're fact, not prepared to do this and debate like this at 22. If that's the case, I consider that, I mean, we're, we're talking about a tremendous, tremendous threat. I think that you're dramatically downplaying both the 
seeming interest they have in undermining democracy and also the means that they have to achieve it, the ability. They're currently undermining long-standing constitutional precedent with Roe v. Wade. The Roe v. Wade thing is, if you look at the statistics of who supports it, it's unpopular and it's probably going to hurt them in the vote. I don't think, though, that like Republicans would suddenly become a dictatorship if politically it was okay for them to do so. I think if they ever tried to do that, they would never win an election again because nobody wants a dictator. We want free and fair elections. They wouldn't need to win an election. They become a dictatorship, so there's not going to be elections. Like, there will be forced elections. It's it's that's the moment that I'm like I am checked out of this, and I I feel sorry for her. I think, and and she said she had been on with Destiny, I think, and these Vosh and Destiny are exploiting that young lady, and they should not do that. They know that the title Debating a Centrist Trans Woman is gonna get clicks. But like that no, he like at that and like it's cool that he gave her the shot. That should have been that should have been the end of it right there. Like, okay. Like like I should wrap this up. You like he should not have gone on. God, this this was painful. Should not have gone on another hour and 40-something minutes. I I feel sorry for her. She is just young and very naive and not, not educated on, on these topics. And Boss should have been savvy enough, but I was like, this is what he wanted, right? If, that, if that's the critique, and he's been super cool to me in the interactions I've had with him. But, like, that's that's not cool doing that to her. I'm not into that. And 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 if Destiny did it, that's not cool on him to do it. Like, she is clearly out of her depth. And you should not take advantage of that for clicks. And it's at one point in time, she says, like, I know you're scared. And he's like, I'm not scared. I'm rich. I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you for the, for the self-awareness. But like, ah, uh, did you, did you have to have her on? And he was respectful. Like he wasn't, you know, I would be mocking somebody that called in and tried to talk to me like that. I would have, like, from that moment on, it would have been mockery towards them. And I can't, I can't help it. He was totally respectful. Like, just my only critique is I feel like that's a little ex- exploitative. But then again, we live in late stage fucking capitalism and it incentivizes that kind of bullshit. It's a shame. But it's just it's just the system we're in. Alright. Teased it earlier. I have a new t-shirt design just went live on the freak store. I tried to make a graphic, but I didn't have enough time. Another day in USA. 
Sees the graphic. There's another day in mass shooting, USA. $2 from every sale of this t-shirt goes to every town for gun safety. If you wanted to go buy a t-shirt, I'm going to donate 20% of the proceeds to every town. Because it's just another day in Mass Shooting USA. I guess that's kind of that's kind of me exploiting the news I'm getting ready to do. I was gonna have a little graphic pop up with the with the rifles and like the rifle sound effect and shit. Have the flag waving in the background. I'll have it for tomorrow. That's me exploiting the tragedy that I'm getting ready to talk about right now, and that's why I'm gonna donate twenty percent. Of any t-shirt, if you like that t-shirt. Ah. It's not time for Jubilee yet. Sorry, Warlord. At least 54 injured, 11 killed, in seven separate mass shootings this weekend. Gonna delve deeper into a couple of them. U.S. continues to grapple with mass shootings as at least seven have occurred over the weekend, resulting in the deaths of 11 people and injuries to 54 others. The spate of recent shootings has pushed guns to the forefront of a national conversation as leaders reckon with how to curb the alarming rate of violence. Outdoor high school graduation party in Somerton, South Carolina, ended in bloodshed after two cars pulled up to a house and before shots were fired and Okay, that sentence didn't really make sense. Eight people were hit, according to a statement from the Clarendon County Sheriff's Office. The incident appears to have been gang-related, the police said, and it's not clear whether members of the crowd fired back at the vehicles. Between 60 and 70 rounds were fired during the incident. One of the victims died of their injuries on Sunday morning in Tennessee. Shooting in Chattanooga, we're going to go into that here in a second. A bustling street in Philadelphia. I've got some, I've got some shocking footage. We're getting ready to uh, watch. Five teenagers were shot and hospitalized after gunfire broke out at a West Texas high school graduation party at 1 a.m. on Saturday. There was a shooting in Macon, Georgia. There was a shooting outside a bar in Mesa, Arizona. Okay, we're going to go deeper on some of the more notable instances. To Philadelphia. Thank you for joining us for this special report at noon. I'm Nidia Han along with Jillian Mealy with an update on the mass shooting on South Street in Philadelphia. We have been following this breaking news all night long. Three people are dead and 12 others wounded after gunfire erupted in the Queen Village neighborhood. At least two gunmen are still on the run at this hour after police say they fired into a crowd of hundreds. Here's a look at exactly where the shooting happened in the 200 block of South Street. After the gunshots rang out, people in the crowd ran, terrified, down the block. 
Just another day in mass shooting USA. We are told fired at the suspect. It is unclear if the suspect was hit. We have been following this shooting all night long and have team coverage for you this afternoon. Becca Hendrickson has been focusing on the victims who were taken to three local hospitals. But let's start at the scene of the shooting with Sharifa Jackson, who joins us live with the very latest. Sharifa. And police, they say hundreds and hundreds of people were here on South Street during the time of the shooting, which can be expected, especially on a Saturday night. The weather was good. But as you can see now, the area is bouncing back rather quickly. The businesses are reopening. People are in and out of the rest. Yeah, just shrug it off. Just business as usual. That this all began when multiple shooters were shooting into the crowd, and they were hearing from neighbors who were just saying there's a lot of commotion from what they saw, and also neighbors and what they heard. Police say it, it, they're quick to action. An officer who confronted one of the shooters. The I seriously hope this just isn't every fucking day over the summer. Began and Inspector DF Pace says it prevented even more people from getting shot or injured. And some neighbors, they tell us that... Violent crime tends to go up in warmer weather. It's just associated with being out and about more. It should go on. That's, it, it's, at that point, you question, what is that? You don't, you're not sure it's gunshots when it goes on as long as it goes on. But there must have been 30 shots. Yes, it's going to be this every fucking day. I, I don't doubt it. Just enjoying South Street, as they do every single weekend when this shooting broke out. So this investigation is fluid. There are still a lot of unanswered questions. And one suspect was last seen running down American Street, and police, they confiscated two weapons. They say... I'm sure the cops are absolutely useless in helping anybody. ...information and especially find a motive... We're going to... That's a... This is going to be a common theme tonight on the show. It's just now beginning. They're focusing... You're not going to believe what they're doing to reporters in Uvalde. We're going to get to that. These businesses trying to see if they had any. We know at least one location here does have video that shows this particular block between Third and American with some very clear video, as they said. And police say this will be key as they move forward. Lydia. Sharifa, thank you. Let's switch now to Becca Hendrickson live at Jefferson University Hospital where some yeah. of the. Let's actually go to the video that she's talking about. Very clear. This is where the shooting starts. This is the surveillance video. Shows the moments of the mass shooting. And it is indeed very crowded. I mean, we can take a good guess at when exactly the shots were fired based on how they they ran. Malik, what is up? <laughs> For the first time, exclusively with the NBC News, Cody Brees. Yes, I'm a federal agent. Everybody, get down on the ground and put your hands behind your head. This is a bust. I'm just playing. Look at me. I'm so burnt out, my brown eye is bloodshot. Oh, that might just be hemorrhoids. Am I a federal agent? <laughs> I'm not I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm not high enough for you people tonight. 
Moving over to Chattanooga. Three are dead, 14 shot. A mass shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee. See, we've got a local news hit here. Oh, it's just a. We've got video. There's no reporting. People died from gunshot wounds, and a third person died after being hit by a car. Three other people were injured by vehicles fleeing the scene. Wow! The shooting was an isolated incident, and there were likely multiple shooters, according to police. Motive for the shooting is unknown, and the identities of the victims and suspects have not yet been released. We're asking the public to report those incidences as well so that we can monitor it and mitigate these situations in the future. I know that there's a national, you know, uh, situation going on, but right now I need to get Chattanooga safe and I want the citizens to feel safe. That was the Chattanooga police chief. Uh, what the fuck is this? I kind of want to watch it. It's not, it's not going with uh, the rest of the stories we're talking about, but I kind of want to know about the man killed after being struck by a car and thrown into the wall of a building. His first-hand account after a speeding car hits a pedestrian in Englewood, throwing him through the wall of a building. That man walking his bike across... Through the window! Oh, I'm sorry. Still hasn't been caught. That crash happened around... Oh, he fled! Broadway near Radcliffe Avenue. That's where we find Shauna Karaki tonight. And Shauna, the damage there is extensive. It was Inglewood, Colorado. When, when she said Inglewood, I automatically assumed California. Through these windows in this store, it's since been boarded up. But we actually spoke to somebody that works at a business a couple doors down. He heard the impact when this crash happened. And he I don't know you! <laughs> that the owner of this business who he knows well Malik I I am not a Marxist I have read Marx I understand Marx I well I don't what do you mean by Marxist exactly I will tell you that I am a capitalist and you're probably not because like I get called a communist by people and I own my I, 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 I file my taxes as a small business owner I am a capitalist. I own my own means of production. Sure, I have a dialectical materialist analysis of the world. Yes, in that sense, I am a Marxist, if you want to call me that. <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe what the cops were doing in Uvalde. To, to the reporters covering. We, we went over this last week. The cops are no longer cooperating. No, I do not sell weed. I buy weed. <laughs> you sent like some photos of your photographers being harassed by what? Basically, officers directed these bikers to get in their faces. What happened? That's what we were led to believe by the bikers. The bikers are the ones who told us that they were there on the invitation of the police. Mm. Um, we've never been told that by the police. We've tried to reach out to uh, the, well, police. the police. aren't talking anymore. Concerns about how they're treating uh, the media out there. We've not gotten a response from them yet. Um, so it's just been a really incredible, difficult situation. Um, Why does anyone buy weed? To smoke it. Access. So now, at least previously, we were sort of across 
across the street from the funeral homes. Okay, I'm petite bourgeoisie. Bergen is correct. But also, this isn't my job. We're not allowed to just walk the street across. Um, people are all, reporters are getting told, no, you can't be I here. sure ain't making no YouTube money. Uh, not uh, private. This is private property. And we're like, no, we're standing in the middle of the street. Right. So on Thursday, uh, my one of our uh, reporters was confronted by these uh, bikers who said they were there uh, to help protect the families. And they don't need protection from us. We are, always treat them respectfully. This is not a p- fun part of the job. Who wants to go talk? Who wants to approach someone when they're experiencing this, you know, unimaginable loss? But we see it as part of our duty. We want to tell their stories. We want to tell the stories of the loved ones. And I'm being told that even in instances where the family wants to talk to the media, that these people were telling him, these bikers were saying, you don't have to talk to them. You don't have to talk to them. Just move along. So there's mm. that added thing now that not only are they trying to prevent journalists from talking, but they're trying to prevent families, too, who want to share their stories, who want us to know what happened to their loved ones that day, and who have questions, too, just like we do. Disturbing indeed. Fuck the cops. You're going to say that again later on. I have another story that's going to make your blood boil. A cab. Sticking on the topic of mass shootings, let's let Carl Rove weigh in. He was on Fox News talking about preventing mass shootings because I'm sure Carl Rove has never been wrong about anything. Ever in his life. Curious sir, welcome. Those of you just joining us, I have I've launched a a new t-shirt design on the freak store. And I'm gonna donate 20% of the proceeds to uh, any town for gun safety. This is the design. Another day in mass shooting USA. Carl Rove, who, whose nickname was Turd Blossom. I love this because, like, I came of age during the Bush administration. Like, that was, that was like when I was really getting into politics was during the Bush administration. I campaigned for Bush while I was president of the Young Republicans in high school. So I've never gotten the chance to, like, talk about Carl Rove like this. And his nickname from George W. Bush was Turd Blossom. So we're going to hear what Turd Blossom, who, who, spoiler alert, has been wrong about everything in his entire career as a political advisor, has been racist, helped uh, the Republican Party gerrymander at the state level. But he is now a Fox News contributor, and uh, he's got some thoughts about mass shootings. We got all of this from Carl Rove, what he makes of that. Uh, Carl- That's who everybody wants to hear from. Well, uh, you know, we've got a very emotional issue here, strong feelings on both sides. Might be good to step back. What's the other side? The last time we actually had something done on this, which was in 2018. You may remember in November of 2017, there was a... Mass shooting in Sutherland, Springs, Texas. Bump stock thing? Former airman 
who shouldn't, because of his military record, been allowed to purchase a gun, killed nearly two dozen people in a shooting that centered around the First Baptist Church of that town. Two senators decided they were going to do something about it. Democrat Senator Murphy of Connecticut and Republican John Cornyn of Texas. Those names are familiar because those are the same two men. The same crusty old fucks that are there today. This time around that would be constructive. And what they did that last time was the issue was that federal and state agencies turned out not to be supplying to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, the NICS system is what it's called, the names of people who shouldn't be allowed to buy guns. So the first thing they did was they made certain that state... He's got a goddamn dry erase board. ...downloading this data were being forced to... Uh, Same crusty fucks who are going to do jack shit about this crisis. Exactly right, Mergen. systems to make them... A fucking mid. They, they expanded the sharing of data among uh, uh, about people who shouldn't be able to buy guns among different uh, agencies. And then they also took the opportunity to say a lot of these issues of people who shouldn't be able to purchase I guns. I mean, those little measures are all well and good and all needed and seems like fucking so common sense shit, but it doesn't go near far enough. It doesn't matter that you wrote it on a fucking dry erase board. When the mass Turd blossom to March of 2018 to write the bill, get the support, and pass it with big unanimous, with big bipartisan votes in the House and the Senate. And in the next year alone, six million names of people who shouldn't be allowed to purchase a gun because of criminal activity or something in their background under state and federal law were added to the next... And you know what? Fuck you, Cavuto, too. If you focus on the problem at hand and try... Katie Porter actually illustrates shit with her whiteboard. She's taking every uh, gun control desire of the left and tossing it into a gigantic bill and saying, vote for it or else. You know, then there's the issue of privacy advocates who don't like uh, background checks in general, at least those that might be considered too sweeping. In the case of the Texas shooter, uh, you know, there's an issue about even though he didn't have a criminal record, um, he might have had a number of youthful indiscretions. That's probably a polite way of putting it that never showed up because we do have a history in this country of of not putting them on permanent records because this notion of kids do stupid things. Why should it stick with them for life? <laughs> I mean, and, and whether that part of Glenn it, Beck had the chalkboard, and chalkboards just give me the shivers. To, I won't be able to use the chalk. I have a dry erase board up here, who might where I keep like my projects. But, but going so, back, like I, I like I, I like a dry erase board. Well, we had two states, Florida and Indiana, which are red states. That it's, it's a it's a wow factor, I guess. Wanted to get to into themselves into a position where if somebody was saying something. Uh, that was problematic, that, that, that there were tools available to law enforcement and to the justice system to keep them from getting weapons. But that could, and, and, that, and that may be the way to go. I would say this, however, it all starts with people speaking if they, if you Your see mom, Malik, that's what, that's what, that's what the American government should do. The Your mom. question in, in Uvalde, was text messaging or communicating via social media with a number of of young girls and making violent threats. Somebody you, you usually draw on my dry erase board. Dad, this guy, I don't know him, but he's saying ugly things. And, and because we've got to detect these people before they they reach the brain. One, once again, like it's it, it, like. He's putting the onus back on the individual. What we need to do is stop the individual from buying a gun.
I I don't think there should be manufacturers. My position on the whole gun control debate is that we should outlaw the commercial sale and manufacture of guns. I don't think it should be illegal to personally own a gun. I think we should outlaw the gun industry so that they aren't writing our laws, so that they aren't pumping money into the hands of politicians. There's not money to be made off of mass death. And it's going to be a process. Like, I mean, this isn't going to go away. There's no magic bullet. Ooh, bad, bad pun. It's going to take some time. Like, you just, you have to reduce the number of guns. I didn't say outlaw guns. I said outlaw the commercial sale and manufacture of guns. You can't, you can't fucking, you can't sell them for a profit. You can't commercially, you can't have Remington, you can't have Colt, you can't have whatever fucking gun company just shoveling these things out to the public and all the money that they make. I don't give a shit if anybody owns a gun. I'm a leftist. But in late stage capitalism here, we they're just flooding the street and and mass shootings. Who gives a shit if people get guns? That's the point is you want to actually reduce the number of guns. There doesn't need to be so many goddamn guns cuz like it's it's like 30% of the population owns 80% of the guns or some shit. Might even be higher than that. It's like it's these fucks that just hoard guns and it's this gun culture. And you can make guns yourself. And like mother well, like and there are already 400 million. It's not like there's not enough guns to go around already. A Pinterest gun recipe. <laughs> oh fuck, that was hilarious. And here's the thing. I think I've got the best solution. But I mean, as I said, nothing is going to is going to work overnight, but here's the deal. Americans overwhelmingly prioritize gun control over ownership rights. These, the loudest fucks about this are amplified by far-right money and just, they're, they're just screaming at us. I have, I dip, I have seen the dumbest shit. Like, I should be able to own fucking blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you shouldn't. Most people shouldn't even be able to, to own guns. Like, honestly, most of the people I know have no business owning guns. Some people are perfectly responsible with them. Arkles is armed. She always packing. <laughs> She's perfectly responsible with it. My best friend, he has one. It's, it's, it's. Properly stored. Ohio has entered the chat. <laughs> Americans overwhelmingly prioritize gun control over ownership rights. 70% of Americans think enacting new gun control laws should take precedence over protecting ownership rights, according to an ABC News Ipsos poll out on Sunday. The findings indicate widespread support for stricter gun control laws in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, Uvalde, 
in Tulsa. On the flip side, 29% of respondents believe protecting the right to own a wider, wide variety of guns should be a higher priority than enacting new gun control laws. The gap between the two positions has widened by nine points since March of 2021. Exactly, these gun nuts are getting more, more radical. The results were split along partisan lines with 90% of Democrats and 75% of independents surveyed prioritizing new gun laws. 56% of Republicans in the poll said protecting gun ownership rights takes priority. Biden, Biden, kinky. Oh, fucking shit. Well, you know, it's it's not like, uh, The politicians themselves aren't being threatened by gun violence as well. Maybe, maybe Mitch McConnell might be more open to the idea of of some sort of gun control based on the fact that he was on a kill list. Two governors, both Democrats, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan and Tony Evers, in Wisconsin were on a Wisconsin gunman's kill list. But surprisingly, also the Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was on the list. So that makes me think this dude's a Trumper and he he thinks McConnell turned on Trump or some shit. That's just my guess. I might be wrong. Douglas K. Uh, Udi is suspected of killing a former county judge. A gunman suspected of fatally shooting a retired county judge at a Wisconsin home had a list that included Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers. Whitmer's office and law enforcement source said on Saturday, Douglas K. Udi, who was 56, who has not been charged, is suspected of killing retired... Uh, 1A County Judge John Romer at Romer's house in New Lisbon on Friday. This is according to the Wisconsin Department of Justice in a news release on Saturday. Udi was found in the basement of the home with a self-inflicted gunshot wound following attempts by police to negotiate with him. Udi is hospitalized in critical condition. Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call on Friday said the shooting appeared to be a targeted act and that the gunman had selected people who were part of the judicial system. But investigators believe the gunman also may have planned to target other uh, government officials and found a list in his vehicle that contained the names of several prominent elected leaders, a law enforcement official said. Romer uh, was found zip-tied to a chair in his home and had been fatally shot, the official said. The official could not discuss details of the investigation publicly and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. Udi has an extensive criminal and prison record dating back at least two decades, including a case when he was sentenced by Romer to six years in prison on a weapons charge. He was released from his last prison stint in April of 2020. Zach Pohl, Whitmer's deputy chief of staff, said her office was notified that her name appeared on the Wisconsin gunman's list. 
Uh, Whitmer became the object of protest and criticism after she blamed former President Donald Trump for stoking anger over COVID-19 restrictions and refusing to condemn right-wing extremists. Romer, 68, was a very loving, very encouraging man with a wonderful sense of humor who will be dearly missed by the community. Oh, I thought we... Oh, that was the judge they killed. I was like, Udi was the, was the killer. Well, I'm a little high right now. That was according to Chip Wilkie, the pastor at St. Paul's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mauston, where Romer was the president of the congregation Evangelism Chairman. Evangelism Chairman. What a weird title. Uh, speaking of Trump and nut jobs associated with January 6th, the January 6th hearings are going to start this week, according to CBS News. Maybe our union's not going to be able to survive the January 6th hearings. Oh, God damn. What a... I might be wrong with the framing of just the headline here. <laughs> Let's listen to what the piece has to say. Earlier, we, we told you about the upcoming January 6th hearings in Washington. Some thoughts about that from our John Dickerson. During the Civil War, President Lincoln was told construction on the... Now, when we watch shit live, we go to like C-SPAN or PBS or some shit. If people see the Capitol going on, it is a sign we intend the union shall go on. Both did, affirming the relationship between a temple of American democracy and the durability of that democracy. On January 6, 2021, rioters tried to stop the union as it had been going on by stopping what was going on inside the Capitol. The peaceful transfer of power that has been the hallmark of the union since its founding 246 years ago. This week, congressional hearings will examine that attack, but they will reveal more than just what happened. They smeared shit on the walls. They stole a door. Anybody got the door? two sets of habits that will determine how the union will go on into the future. One set of habits is represented by the capital, that competing interests can be resolved through reason, and that when the people decide to transfer power, we affirm the system that allows it by gathering on the capital steps for the handover. The rioters brought other habits. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. And they tried to use fear and violence to stop a specific proceeding of the first branch of the federal government, which they did not like. Never before had the president, the most powerful person in American government, taken aim at a core feature of that government. The widespread bipartisan revulsion after January 6th should have banished the habits of the rioters and the president they say inspired them, but it has not. Polls show a majority of Republicans believe the 2020 election was stolen, despite legal decisions and election audits. Donald Trump was not bounced from his party for breaking... These are the people I'm supposed to uh, try to convince 
on a show. I'm supposed to cater to these people. That's the problem. Is that the world doesn't... That's the problem. Going back to the comment that I got on YouTube, where they were... They, basically, I was too... I'm too mean to people, is what they said. You're not going to win people over to your side. Like... You know, you're just upset that I'm not catering to this specific group of people who have been privileged throughout American history. This this specific group of affluent, white, straight, predominantly Christian, predominantly male cohort that vote in a block together that are, are that believe in this patriarchal system. And it, it really is all about their fifis. They vote with their fifis. They have a feeling of some mythical America. You know, the, the Washington had wooden teeth kind of mythos of America. Not the actual bullshit that happened. Not the, not the fact that Washington, you know, pulled teeth from live slaves. You know, it's the chopping down the cherry tree basic version of history as it was taught to them when they were in the fucking fourth grade and they never they never got any more critical analysis. And a fucking hell of a lot of them went to schools where the textbooks were influenced by lost cause propaganda. They teach the history of like the Civil War from like the South's perspective that was unjust to them. Or like a leave it to me. My mom, my own mother, had that like, it's like this brain fog associated with boomers that grew up with a, a leave it to beaver, uh, Andy Griffith, Mayberry kind of ideal America. And my mom said that to me plenty of times. Like, there was nothing, that, it was not like that when I was a kid. And I'm like, I have to go back into textbooks like, there were race riots all over the fucking country. There was like all this shit happened. You just lived in rural fucking eastern Kentucky. And there wasn't that many people around you. And you were just, just a homogenous group. And there's there was still shit that went on. The whole Hatfield-McCoy feud. It was not that many fucking decades before you were born, woman. Union battles and shit. Like, fucking... I, I. But they've got this idealized version that was fed to them by TV. TV really was, like, brain-rotting. Just random lynchings going on, yeah. Huh. And I have, to, I have to go and show them, like, no, 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 the deadliest decade for mass shootings before the 2010s was the 1970s. Like, shit, this, this shit been going on for a hell of a long time. Right-wingers are morons. And I'm just, I'm sorry, like, I'm, they're upset that I, I, look, not everything caters to you and your viewpoint. That's like that stupid fuck. Jake Jacobs I was picking on had that whole thing about how Snickers or, or fucking Mars Corporation had a, a, a little boy in a dress on one of their Halloween like he was dressed as a, a like a, a witch or some shit for Halloween 
And like they're just upset that the world doesn't cater to them. They're gigantic fucking babies. Oh, fuck. Would you would you like to see clips of a presidential advisor pretty much incriminate himself on uh, TV? But Navarro, we now know, was quietly plotting in secret. And he was getting others on board and encouraging state legislators to overturn the results. They had a suspicious call on January 2nd with some of Trump's team, with allegedly Trump himself, important, and very consequentially, hundreds of state legislators. This is in Navarro's contempt report, which I'll get to, but he told them allegedly, quote, your job is to take action. And you know what else happened on January 2nd? That was four days out from the insurrection. Some people may or may not remember this, but this is important. He didn't do a good job of introing this, but Peter Navarro was arrested on Friday. One of the top economic advisors. He was just on like the day before with this is this is Ari Melber, I believe. He was just on like the day before or two days before with Ari Melber and and was just confessing to everything. Confessing to every fucking thing. You might even hear about it next week in these hearings if they go through the timeline, because that same day that we now know Navarro was secretly trying to get Partisan help on the ground to steal the election in states that Trump lost. Well, Trump was dialing up one of those states same day. This is what put him under criminal investigation even now. Calling the secretary of state in Georgia, demanding massive voter fraud. Find me. Vote. There is a grand jury. We, we should know if they're going to move on him within, you know, really trying to do what 10 months, electors, the state legislature, 11 months. I don't I don't remember exactly how long it's been going on initially. Questions were focusing on Trump aides and, of course, Bannon and Meadows. They both fought the House probe and both were held in contempt, one indicted. The grand jury now has indicted Steve Bannon for contempt of Congress. For spurning subpoenas to answer questions and provide documents to the House Select Committee investigating the deadly riot. The fate of Mark Meadows now lies in the hands of the Justice Department. This after the House voted to hold Donald Trump's former chief of staff in contempt of Congress. That was late last year. And that was coming into view. Why are certain people so intent on hiding and running? And are they the same people who were involved in something so bad that at the time they didn't want to talk about it in public? Malik, you seem like you've got a lot to say. Would you like to jump into the Discord or would you like to call me? 917-830-4359. But like, I I think you said you weren't in the U.S. Would Would you like to, would you like to Discord with me? I don't know why you would have such strong opinions on American politics. Now, I mean, I understand that people from, from other countries watch shows about American politics just because, like, it's a train wreck and you can't look away from it. I believe I believe that's why we have our, our good friend Warlord here. Uh, you're a fucking idiot. I have, I have a very... A strong opinion is that you're a fucking idiot. Just saying. 
But like, if you if you wanna if you wanna talk all this shit, like, will you actually talk to me? Let, let's hear your opinions. You seem like you got a lot to say. And like, I if you got the international calling, I have a phone number. I. What do you mean by addict? I'm addicted to a lot. I have a very addictive personality. Like, I, I, I'm addicted to coffee. I'm addicted to chocolate milk. I'm, I'm addicted to wanking it to some, some wild ass porn. Weed addiction is real. I agree. I. I, I try to make me go to rehab. I say, no, no, no. I think you're an idiot. <laughs> Just saying. And hey, hey, if you, if you think, if you think drugs aren't for you, more power to you. You, you don't get to make that decision for other people or that makes you a fascist and fascists can go fuck themselves. I'm I'm in a mood tonight, and if you want to keep talking shit and you want me to pay attention to you, then call in or hop in the Discord. Or we're going to go back to covering the news, and we're going to make fun of Peter Ass Navarro incriminating himself on, on the TV, because it's funny. They had this secret plot. So, here on MSNBC... We pressed Navarro on what was it? Exactly what was he trying to do? We had uh, over 100 congressmen and senators on Capitol Hill ready to implement the sweep. We were going to check. This is January 4th. That was yesterday. Wait, wait, did he appear with Ari Melber after he got out of his, his court appearance, after he'd been arraigned? Challenge. The, the results of the election in the six battleground states. We were following the Constitution and rules of the Senate to simply get a recount of what the votes were. Do you realize you are describing a coup? No. He says no. This will be adjudicated. The January 6th committee would later cite that very interview as evidence. It was one of the few times that, again, Navarro was... Oh, that was January 4th of 2021. Very different way to garner information than just... Oh, Drake, you're right. I'm high. <laughs> January. It was, it was also like a year ago. I'm, just, like, I'm too high for this shit now. ...where he and his co-plotter, Bannon, talk up these... Get with it, Justin. It was this moment that came one day after Meadows was held in contempt. You were the hero on January 16th. You were the guy who had the, the hero strategy to go up to Capitol Hill. Pence is the quarterback. But we had a hundred people working on the Green Bay team as linemen, halfbacks, and fullbacks. Bragging about <laughs> Pence was the Tim Tebow. That's a that's a very apt comparison. For Steve Bannon, and even if you sprinkle in this incessant need to do sports analogies, but as they say, whatever. They both knew there were open probes going on. They both have government experience and litigation and investigation is, is part of modern governance. But they went out there. I want to show you this. We've shown you some of the beat interview, but I want to show you that the path here. They went out there and literally taunted Congress as feckless and acting without consequences. 
There's been no outreach from 6th January Commission yeah. for Peter Navarro. And here's the reason. Because Peter Navarro, the first thing he'll send over is, hey, put this in the official record, yeah. which would be yeah. the Navarro report. They don't, that, but that, I, that I, I don't want to... The dog that didn't bark. The dog what? didn't bark. No outreach. Bannon saying the government had not... Where's Sparkle's at? She'd be like... Ruff, 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 ruff. She loves barking at people. At the time, maybe it was unclear if the government ever would get to, to Navarro. But the dog barked. It's barked more than once. First hitting Navarro with a house subpoena. He defied that. Again, in looking for answers, we go to the sources whenever we can. We ask the questions. And we invited him on to discuss, we invited him on to discuss the choice. To Bitty take teeth, too, yeah. Defy. She loves that as well. <laughs> Why risk a legal battle or going to jail to refuse to discuss them with the committee under oath. The president has invoked executive privilege. It's not my privilege to waive. Do you no, understand no, no, no. that you've already it's waved it by discussing it? They want under That's oath. And number two, finally, Peter, are you prepared to risk indictment for defying the subpoena? I'll stand tall on this. He kept defying. It was really edited. I don't like that. Other aides who cooperated. The committee barked again. He's now Navarro, just one of four people held in contempt. And House investigators in the contempt proceeding noted that he shred his own privilege case by talking about this in public as they made the case against him. I would think... He has so much knowledge to share with a journalist, but he refuses to share that knowledge in response to a lawful subpoena. He's written a book boasting about his role in planning and coordinating the activity of January 6th. He's given multiple television interviews regarding our subpoena. He's failed to comply with our investigation. Mr. Navarro insists that he is above the law. This is America, and there's no executive privilege here for presidents, much less trade advisors, to plot coups. The courts aren't buying it, and neither are we. The House held him in contempt after that, and then questions swirled, both from members of that committee I just showed you and analysts, about whether Attorney General Garland's DOJ would act. What's the holdup at the Department of Justice? The Department of Justice has a duty to act on this referral and others we have sent. That was March, which isn't that long ago. Then Navarro filed his lawsuit against the committee. And now we're up to this last couple weeks. Because in that recent lawsuit, Navarro dropped a bombshell. He himself revealed that the Justice Department had hit him with a new criminal grand jury subpoena with the deadline of yesterday. Navarro did not apparently comply with that, but he did join me for a third interview. That's yesterday, last night, which would be his last interview before today's indictment. Now, I want to show you something that we're Good, about. Now we're now we're up to speed because it's all brand new. And it goes into this context in the final countdown to today's assertive arrest. It's the Navarro final countdown yesterday. When he didn't show up, he was indicted under seal. And if you look at that actual magistrate document here, which I'm going to keep on the screen for you, this is dated June 2nd, but you see under the highlighted there, it comes in at 1634 military time. That's 434 p.m. The judge approving treating Navarro like a fugitive because of the risk of flight or tampering, which is a new crime, that this would stay under seal until they got him, which they did at the airport. That 1634 it was two hours before Navarro would join us on air last night. So according to the filing, keep in mind when he was saying these things last night, he was already under secret indictment, which makes last night's interview unlike any we've done with him or any we've ever done. 
wall under sealed indictment, not knowing that he would wake up the next morning and be arrested at an airport. On his way to the airport. He was telling us last night things like this. I have responded to the Justice Department and there will be ongoing interactions on that to be determined. If I were to go to prison for a year, which is what the contempt of charge could do to me, that would be about a fourth of my remaining life. This is why I'm fighting. So let me respond. Let me respond to you. I'll take Biden and every single senior staff. Wait, he thinks he's going to live another four years with subpoenas. And we'll we'll start with the impeachment of Biden. You do realize these investigators can hear you when you talk on TV. And they can. And the road is to what you see on Hitler's cabbage today. I love you guys. People who try to defy the committee have been indicted. We don't know if the others await further processing or might be somehow trying to reach an accommodation. And hours after that, this morning, basically hours later from this development, Navarro was arrested, then appeared hours later in court. I want to show you this. This is brand new, airing for the first time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He walked out of that court proceeding after everything that got us to this point. He said some more nonsense. It was unfair for the government to treat him this way, to treat him like some defiant fugitive that they could have called him and asked him to peacefully come in rather than arrest him, handcuff him, and shackle him. He was a flight risk. I was on my way to Nashville today. What did they do? They didn't call me. Instead of call- we don't want you around these parts. We need you down at court. We've got a warrant for you. I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. That's pure. Good. You're a criminal, you motherfucker. Violated the Constitution. Mr. Navarro. Saying he would have followed the government's request. When he is being indicted for not following the government's request, for publicly defying the government's requests. This is larger than any one case or one person. Indeed, whatever one thing. Why? 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 Because right wingers are morons. Let's hear what some morons have to say about Peter Navarro getting arrested. We're going to pop on over to uh, Newsmax, I believe it is. I don't even think it's, it's not even Newsmax, is it? This is Jason Miller on whatever. Maybe it is Newsmax. It's the Eric Bowling. The callback with Eric Bowling or some shit like this. Possibly on Newsmax. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Thoughts, uh, Jason, before we get into some of the other stuff, what are your thoughts about what Peter had to say there? Yeah, the first thing that really struck me was the fact that they went and arrested him, put him in handcuffs. I mean, this is Peter Navarro. He's he's an economist. Yeah. He's a Ph.D. Uh, you, you see that he's a very serious, very buttoned up guy. And you're going to go throw him in handcuffs? Eric, how- These are the people that were chanting to lock her up. Lock her up. It's OAN or Newsmax or some other knockoff. How do you see this? And not think this is purely just the witch hunt against anyone who had anything to do with President Trump or anyone who might have something to do with President Trump in the future. Thoughts, uh, Jason? It's not about having something to do with President Trump. It's about 
having something to do with orchestrating a coup, motherfucker. Apparently, Navarro, we're just going to read a little bit of this from this Mother Jones article. Boom. If you want to, if you want to read the whole thing. Uh, Peter Navarro, a former advisor to Donald Trump facing contempt of Congress charges, ranted about the United States government in a court hearing in D.C. on Friday, alleging that Congress conspired with the Justice Department to deprive him of his rights. I am disappointed in our republic, he told the judge. On Saturday, Navarro was in New York praising the new federal state of China, a supposed government-in-waiting for Beijing launched in 2020 by Gao Wangao, also known as Miles Gao, an exiled Chinese businessman, and Steve Bannon, Another former Trump aide. Well, that's a scam, I can tell you right there. Just right off the... That is a scam. Navarro last year became an international ambassador for the group. It's not clear what, if any, responsibilities that role entails, and Navarro has not responded to questions about what he may be paid. Yesterday, about this time, I was in a jail cell with leg irons and handcuffs on. This is reminding me of... uh, Michael Jackson complaining about getting locked up. He's like, they, f- they smeared doo-doo feces on the wall. For standing up for an important constitutional principle in this country, but I would not let that... Th- and what constitutional principle is that? You're, you're violating the Constitution, sir. But I would not let that stand in the way of coming to see you, the great Miles Gow... And to be here with my brother in arms, Steve Bannon, to talk really about the importance of freeing China from the Chinese Communist Party. Navarro told a host who was interviewing him as part of the new federal state's second uh, second anniversary celebration. Wow. Bannon, too, was indicted for contempt of Congress last year. Both men have refused to cooperate whatsoever with subpoenas from the Select Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th attacks. Speaking of people that have not cooperated, there are two people that have yet to be indicted, and apparently, like, Adam Schiff don't know what the fuck is going on. We're going to go now to California Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff. He joins us from Los Angeles. Mr. Chairman, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, you wear a lot of hats, but I want to ask you about the January 6th committee that you serve on. Um, the Justice Department, as you know, on Friday decided not to prosecute the former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, or social media director Dan Scavino for refusing to cooperate with your committee. I know the committee said that was puzzling. Is it your understanding it that, is puzzling. that these men are immune from all prosecution? No, they're not. Uh, and it is very puzzling uh, why these two witnesses would be treated uh, differently than the two that the Justice Department is prosecuting. Uh, there is no absolute immunity. Uh, these witnesses have very relevant testimony to offer in terms of what went into the violence of January 6th, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the big lie. Uh, and the idea say, that say, that say. simply failed to show the up. Boy? Uh, and when the statute re- requires the Justice Department to present those cases to the grand jury, they don't is deeply troubling. Uh, we hope to get more insight from the Justice Department, uh, but uh, it's, a, I think, a grave disappointment. 
uh, and could impede our work if other witnesses think uh, they can likewise uh, refuse. Adam Schiff is, is Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is not a bad guy, but he should not be as powerful as he is in the, in the Democratic Party. Actually, applying here. I don't. I don't understand why he is the shouldn't be the explanation here because chair of so many committees in the face of so much that they do. No, even plausible. He. I'm sure they consider him a young up and comer. Both involved in campaign matters. They both have documents uh, that they could offer. None of this is protected by privilege. And the idea that you can simply refuse to show up, rather than show up and say, as to this question, I'm going to exert a privilege. Uh, that just uh, invites others to be in contempt of Congress or be in contempt of judges around the country uh, in other courtrooms. Uh, and I think it's a very dangerous precedent. I, ju- I don't know what the fuck Merrick Garland is doing. And I don't, I like. has confirmed that Mike Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, actually warned the Secret Service and the lead agent protecting the vice president the day before January 6th that he thought the president would turn on the vice president and that it would pose a direct security risk. We know Mr. Short plans to testify himself before your committee. Um, Is that sufficient? Do you need to hear from the vice president? Uh, Margaret, uh, we're not commenting on specific witnesses, so I can't uh, confirm or deny uh, who will appear before us. I can say that certainly one of the themes that we will be oh we 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 keeping it we keeping it under wraps six uh, that there was an understanding yeah we could come out we got our bag of tricks for you of the participation of white nationalists I'm worried about how this is actually going to come off they think this is going to be like a fucking hot topic in the country and I'm not so sure it's going to make the splash they think it is. I I like would right wing media even cover this shit? This groups uh, of the the effect that the continued propagation of this big lie to rile up the country and rile up the president's base uh, was likely to lead to violence. So you will see that theme uh, among the narratives that will be uh, exhibited during these hearings. But as to a particular witness, I really can't comment. But if you don't deliver a bombshell on Thursday, don't you run the risk of losing the public's attention here? Uh, Our goal is to present uh, the narrative of what happened in this country, how close we came to losing our democracy, what led to that violent attack on the 6th. Uh, The American people, I think, know a great deal already. They've seen a number of bombshells already. Uh, There's a great deal they haven't seen. But perhaps most important is the public hasn't seen it uh, woven together, how one thing led to another, how one line of effort to overturn the election led to another and ultimately led to terrible violence. The first... uh, I mean, I agree, but like, I'm I'm worried about how it's going to be perceived of the public at this time. I think the timing Uh, is off. People, an audience, frankly... We're in the middle of summer. ...about these facts. Yeah. Uh, We want to counter uh, the continuing propagation of big lies, and and that's... They're wanting to get it over with before campaign season. ...which is a problem throughout the country. Uh, The San Francisco Fed said that the American Rescue Plan contributed about three percentage points to inflation. It's not the primary driver, but a contributor to it. In hindsight, do you think Democrats should have structured that $2 trillion package differently? Should it have been smaller? Uh, No, I don't think so. And, of course, there have been other studies that have... And let me ask a question. There's, like, the NBA Finals going on, isn't there? I'm, I'm, like somewhat aware that there might be a game going on 
are they going up against a basketball game in the championship series? Reach the, I got the uh, internet. I guess I could find out. Minimal impact on inflation. It's a non-political um, What I do group, think is the that. cause, and uh, well, no, I understand that. Uh, but uh, but again, there are studies that show that it had a negligible impact on inflation as well that are also very credible. Uh, I think the, the reality is, though, and this this I think is borne out by all the evidence, um, is there was a global uh, inflationary pressure. Okay, there there will not be a game. They're playing on Wednesday and Friday. So if it, in the United States, uh, that that problem is particularly acute. Because it has to go to, to game four. When we emerged, they're playing on uh, Wednesday and Friday. It is uh, the Warriors and the Celtics. Uh, the, the disparity between that demand and the supply uh, was so pronounced as to lead to this inflation. But Boston is up one game already in the series. Every way we can. Uh, I think, sadly, the Republicans are getting in our way because they would rather have the issue of inflation uh, than really do something about and, it. And there's a game going on right now. Congress uh, and what the administration is battling against. Well, the administration. I'm going up against a basketball game. Decisions that keep inflation in mind as well. Uh, we know the president is preparing to travel to Saudi Arabia this summer, um, and he'll meet with the royal family. Uh, they have postponed his trip. I don't. Prince, who U.S. intelligence said issued that order to kill or capture a U.S.-based writer named Jamal Khashoggi. I didn't put that on the list, but that was something that has happened, uh, I guess, since this interview. You should be shunned. Uh, I think you should be, uh, I don't think the president should talk with him. I don't think the president should see him. Should the president still go to Saudi Arabia and meet with the crown prince? I, I, think, I think they have canceled that as of, as of this uh, interview. In my view, no. Uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't shake his hand. Uh, Sparkles will go. Would you like to send Sparkles as an envoy from the United States? She would totally go. She might not come back. We'll be referring to her as like Queen Lavender uh, Ben Salman or some shit here in a little bit. (laughs) Is there a smarter mod in the chat? Okay, but my worry, my worry coming up against this this January 6th hearing is that all the right-wing media isn't even going to be trashing it. Like, they're not even going to be talking about it. They'll ignore it, and they'll do things like this, like attack something well, that Biden's doing that's good. Corinthian is nothing compared to the broader plan that Hillary's talking about to wipe out student loan debt for millions Bloomberg is reporting that Biden's plan to wipe $10,000 per borrower could cost taxpayers $380 billion. Not to mention the fact that 71% of the benefits would flow to folks in the top half of the income scale. Uh, Washington Post editorial. It don't take much to be in the top half of the income scale. I let me debunk the let me debunk the argument that forgiving student loan debt would benefit rich people. Rich people don't have student loan debt. Let me say it again. Rich people don't have student loan debt. Rich people don't have student loan debt. Rich people don't have student loan debt. For the upper middle class. Joining us now to discuss... 
Congressman Lee Zeldin. Good to see you, Congressman. Thanks for being here. Uh, the Washington Post, which is becoming uh, more and more critical. And when, when, when have they ever been against giving something to the upper middle class? Stunt. Is it a stunt? I agree. You're basically buying off support for an election to keep power. It's wrong because of all the other people who actually paid off their student loan debt doing the right thing. It's wrong for the people. That is the dumbest argument. And they chose to go to another school or they're working hard, full-time jobs, maybe even two jobs in order to pay for college. It's wrong for the sense of entitlement for people who might uh, be going to college in the in the future, as well as the point you just covered of people wanting to know, well, how are you going to even pay for it? Uh, so as you get closer to the November 8, 2022 election, control of House and Senate up for grabs, this is a political stunt, which is seeking to buy off votes. It's as wrong as it gets. Uh, it is delivering a service to constituents, which is what politicians are supposed to do. Particularly if they just wipe out Cope. Cope harder. It's only 10 grand. It should have been 50 grand at least, if not all of it. I think that that is absolutely correct. That's a consequence as well of what's going to happen. Uh, listen, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I've run four times for the House. My initial uh, campaign in 2014. Yeah, you're probably a ghoul and you sound like a loser. I've ran four times for the House and I've lost. I'll give you free college. I'm not very interesting. Free monthly stipends, and, and the list can go on. And it, you know, maybe it helps you to get votes. Listen, listen. I think you should expand uh, the EBT program. I think everybody in the country should get it, regardless of who there is. No means testing. I think it should be four, five hundred dollars a month, even maybe six hundred dollars a month. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like. I was on EBT a hell of a long time ago. I don't know about like inflation, what it actually is right now. Maybe it's seven month, seven hundred a month. Be generous. Expand it to be cleaning products, uh, toothpaste, tampons, toilet paper, shit like that. Everybody gets it. It's a form of UBI. It's an expansion of an already existing system. An already existing system that works well. We remove the stigma. There's no more judging somebody when they use their EBT card at the store. Nobody nobody goes hungry. And everybody can get the shit that they need for their household. You can get your food. Expand it to hot meals. You can get your cheese. I like I give shit away, people. It's a giveaway. It's a giveaway. No, like you should take care of people's basic needs. You should allow people. You wanna you wanna have a capitalist system. If that's what you wanna do, then in order for a capitalist system to continue to function, monopoly is a fantastic uh, lesson in this. You have to you have to have a currency, and even then, even then, monopoly may after hours. Finally, finally come to a close. But everybody's got to get their their money when they pass go. Like, everybody agrees that if you didn't get your money when you pass go on the board, it wouldn't be fair. I don't understand why people think it's 
not fair to give out enough money to live on to people in real life. Boggles my goddamn mind. I really don't. Right-wingers are stupid. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? We're the only country in the goddamn world that even has, like, student loan debt. And the, and the, and the fucking government here in the U.S. didn't keep track of student loan debt. It wasn't a thing up until the 90s. So this is a burden that's predominantly falling on, you know, the late Gen Xers, my generation, the millennials, and the, the Gen Z coming up behind us. As Brit, okay, Warlord, okay, I didn't know that uh, there is a lot of student loan debt in Britain. My apologies, and I'm always, I'm always open to correcting myself. Most countries don't have student loan debt. It's not actually a thing. I'm sorry, I'm done with this. We're going to move on to Ontario, where apparently it was a very poor turnout. 18% of Ontario voters handed Doug Ford a majority of the government. Whether that's a bad thing depends on who you ask. We're reading from the Toronto Star. Doug Ford's not the crack smoker, right, Warlord? Are you still here? Like, he had a brother, and he was the crack smoker, right? This whole Ford family up there. You think he is the crack smoker? (laughs) I thought the crack smoker died. One of them died, didn't they? In conventional political terms, Doug Ford won a landslide victory on Thursday night, earning a second straight majority government. But the 83 seats won by Ford's progressive conservative party, that's an oxymoron, came from just 41% of ballots cast. The Liberals, meanwhile, were held to just eight seats compared to the NDP's 31, even though each received roughly 24% of the vote. Those discrepancies have some political observers wondering whether it's time to scrap the the first-past-the-post voting system, which has been in place since Ontario first started holding elections. Critics say it's an anti-democratic anachronism which doesn't reflect voters' preferences. Here, here, it sounds like it. Defenders say it provides some stability and keeps extreme fringe parties from getting a toehold. No, it keeps it keeps the moneyed interest in power. It keeps the status quo empowered. A historically low turnout of just 43% of eligible voters has some first-past-the-post backers questioning the system. It's their, it's their version of the Electoral College. Look, I'm a big fan of first past the post. I say that five times fast, but it does bother me when I do that math. 41% support and 43% turnout gives you just under 18% of the voting population, giving 70% the 66 and two thirds percent chance. I'm sorry I went into the Scott Steiner thing. Giving 70% of the seats and 100% of the power. Said veteran pollster Quido Maggi, the CEO of Main Street Polling. I don't care which party it is, but when 43% of people vote and you do the math, it just seems silly. I'll take your word for it because I got very fucking confused reading that. 
Look, I'm a big fan of first past the post, but it does bother me when I do that math. 41% support and 43% turnout gives you just under 18% of the voting population, giving 70% of the seats and 100% of the power. Said veteran pollster Quido Maggie, the CEO of Main Street Polling. I'll take I'll take their word for it. I'll take their word for it. Apparently you do the math and it just seems silly, but I cannot do that math. Maybe I'm too high to do that math. I'm thinking if I was sober that math wouldn't make sense to me either. Don't don't math with me, motherfuckers. Oh, Are you ready to go to the Jubilee? The Queen, the Queen makes a surprise balcony appearance. Says she is deeply touched by the Platinum Jubilee. Now, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the 70th year of Elizabeth as the the queen queen emerged for her adoring public on the final day of the Platinum Jubilee later saying she had been humbled by the festivities my heart has been with you all I don't think I've heard the queen speak I probably have I just don't remember it I don't think I did a good job of impersonating her my apologies I think that's illegal over there Warlord might have had to turn me off because I'm going to mock his his royalty. And I, th- I think that is illegal in the UK. Queen Elizabeth has delivered a final Platinum Jubilee message saying she is humbled and deeply touched by the celebrations of her 70th year on the British throne. The statement was released after the monarch appeared in a surprise a concluding appearance on the Buckingham Palace balcony after being physically absent from most of the celebrations because of her mobility problems. Her statement read, I did they weekend at Bernie's her because I heard she was already dead. <laughs> so like is, is somebody like controlling her from behind? Her statement read, when it comes to how to mark 70 years as your queen, there is no guidebook to follow. It really is a first. But I have been humbled and deeply touched that so many people have taken to the streets to celebrate my Platinum Jubilee. While I may not have attended every event in person, my heart has been with you all, and I remain committed to serving you the best of my ability, supported by my family. I have been inspired by the kindness, joy, and kinship that has been so evident in recent days, and I hope this renewed sense of togetherness togetherness will be felt for many years to come. I thank you most sincerely for your good wishes, for the part you have all played in these happy celebrations. And there is a picture of the royal family. They're missing the they're missing the the Hollywood couple, right? Like they've been excommunicated or some shit. Uh, is that, like, they're still pretty inbred, aren't they? Is that kid okay? I, I feel sorry for that kid. I feel sorry for all those kids. 
The Queen appeared twice at the grand finale of the Jubilee celebration. I'm just so I don't I don't have any respect for people that call themselves royalty. I can't say my position on royalty on Twitch. It will violate the terms of service. But you know, like you, the the French Revolution is a good blueprint to follow for anyone, anyone, anyone. I'm just not 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 this. This family seems lovely. The Queen seems like a lovely lady, actually. Supposedly, she's very progressive. I've, like I've I've seen some really nice things said about her. Apparently, she might be vindictive. Be she be ordering some hits on some princesses. Remember. I lived through the 90s. I remember that bullshit. The Queen appeared twice at the grand finale of the Jubilee celebrations in London. Once as a hologram. Once as a hologram. Yeah, and I've, I saw this picture earlier. It's fucking freaky. Look at that shit. That's freaky. And nobody, look at that gaudy fucking Cinderella carriage shit. Fuck that shit. No, nobody should, nobody should be adorned in that kind of fucking elaborate fucking, like, that's expensive. Look at this shit. Queen rode in the grand vehicle, which has not been seen on the streets of London for 20 years in real life on that day in 1953. So the effect was to recreate that exact scene. Her holographic visitation was a widely uh, trailed moment in pronounced contrast to her final appearance on the balcony of Buckingham Palace at the end of the pageant, which was unconfirmed until almost the last minute. Uh, CNN doing the hard-hitting news on the Jubilee, asking the young people what they think about uh, uh, the Queen. Let's get some man-on-the-street interviews here from CNN. Welcome, both of you. So let me start with what we saw today, the kickoff to a four-day celebration of the Jubilee. Max, did it live up to expectations? I think it did. It was all about the crowds. We're lucky with the weather. I mean, these things can be ruined by the weather, but the weather was good, and we got the big fly-pass of 70 aircraft. Stunning scene. He's messaging you, Merkin? Like, fucking kick him. Like, if he's being, like, abusive like that, fuck off. Like, there's no reason for that shit. Not just for her, I don't think, but also for this... You know, new phase, hopefully, after the pandemic, after the divisiveness of Brexit. They all came out, they wanted a party, they saw she was happy, it was reassuring. And I think that a lot of people did want to pay tribute to her. They want to see someone that represents continuity and uh, consistency. Uh, it's been a very unsettling time, and she is all of those things to the British public. Yeah, and there you see her standing next to her great-grandson, um, Prince Louis, and we saw them um, have a few cute exchanges there on the balcony during the flyover. You know, Emily, you talk about her reign and the length of time she has spent there, the record length of time she has spent on... Was I lied to? I, I wanted I wanted young people pissing off about it. In terms of what we just heard... It's from the fucking queen! ...what she promised at the age of 25 and open... And hold on, hold on. We're going to hear from John Lydon here in a second. 
I think she's more than lived up to the promise. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's video. But we're gonna we're gonna hear what he he wrote in an op-ed. Yourself to this role, um, and she could have predicted quite how long she would be in this position, and yet here she is at 96 years old, still coming out on. How long is a piece of string? By the British public. Two fucking. There's that stupid ass carriage we saw earlier. Said this continuity, a stability which people really value here, and she is so ingrained in our national psyche um, that people are attached to her, whether or not they're. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. And Max, you mentioned uh, the the. No, nobody should be considered monarchy. It's interesting because royalty. One could argue has not changed. I I I think Prince Bonesaw should be bonesawed. She remains as popular as ever today. Why do you think that is? Well, that's the great mastery of Elizabeth II, I think. Uh, She does represent continuity, and she does represent something that hasn't changed. But actually, she's been utterly revolutionary in how she's carried out her role. She came uh, to her position, as Emily says, at a tender age. The empire was collapsing. Everyone Speaking of tender age, she has a pedophile son. invented the empire. His name is Prince Pedophile. Commonwealth. So she retained her international footprint. Then we had the media revolution, which she could have pushed away, but she embraced that. She went on walkabouts. She got cameras to come in and film her on walkabouts. She had a pretty face, so she embraced the media revolution. Christmas address, and she got into the heart of people's homes in that most intimate time. She is a lovely lady. Lovely lady. And she was the first person to go on social media. Uh, she invited cats. That's why it made me think of her pedophile son. Opened things up in an extraordinary Prince way. pedophile. Very, very differently. And, you know, imagine, you know, her father allowing the heir to the throne to marry a divorcee. Uh, you know, she was revolutionary in how she's carried out her role. Her skill is making it look as if she wasn't. Absolutely. That sounds stupid. That sounds stupid to me tasks have been um, directed at scandals within her home and within her family and I'm just curious Emily from what we even saw did, I, I know nothing about it did she did she have princess die killed for, for the world to see on display there were some notable people who were not on that balcony um, her grandson right Prince Harry her son Prince Andrew both mired in scandals of different sorts how has she now? Oh, yeah, Prince Pedophile wasn't there. In your view. She, she had Prince Pedophile with her the other day for one of these events. Her public life. So she is very pragmatic when she comes to duty and she understands, you know, that there wasn't a place for Prince Andrew in particular on the. Back. Allegedly, Tones, yes, allegedly. People who have I also never said his name. The family is Harry and Meghan are often described as. Um, from those this was this was the celebrate it was the 70th anniversary of, of her on the throne so she's able to it was a multi-day celebration pain these recent scandals have caused her she has remained you know with that stiff upper oh here here toes let me and and just carried on and, and Max as we mentioned um, 14 US presidents met with every single one I got I got to show you the British Prime Ministers. She obviously didn't have any political or marriage thing. Power, it's it's wild. It was fascinating to watch as she navigated through all of these different administrations, various parties. Is she seemed well aware 
of what was happening politically, both at home and abroad, throughout the course of her reign. Yeah, she's very well informed, and any prime minister that she's worked with will tell you that. And other world, look at that shit with the hologram of her from like back in the fifties. She wasn't a political figure, which made her, I would say, the most revered head of state. She still is, certainly the longest serving. Uh, you know, you'd have President Putin, President Xi coming here. Uh, you had some despots coming here. She would always carry out her role impeccably. They want that photo with the Queen, who is. Uh, you know, the one living historic figure, someone that's got a guaranteed place in the history books. And I think that... I mean, she's kind of a, she's kind of a, a despot as well, isn't she? British government, and they allowed the British government to punch above its weight on Let's the... Let's get an exact definition of despot. ...when she eventually moves on, and we're going to have Prince Charles in that position, who's also very effective in those moments. And if you see him, he's very engaged. I get it says absolute power, so I guess she doesn't hold absolute power. But it's that discretion you get with the Queen, which people really look up to, and just the fact that you know all your predecessors. If you're I take that back. Have had that photo. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be precise with my language. Yeah, she is President not a despot. Would you believe? Actually, described his state visit to Buckingham Palace as his favorite state visit. So, but her, her son is definitely a pedophile. Allegedly. Yeah, and even U.S. presidents, you get a sense that, that they are nervous <laughs> when they travel to meet uh, to meet with the Queen there for those state dinners. Um, well, yeah, and Go ahead. I, I will say I was in this position when President Trump came here uh, and, you know, he was completely out of sorts. Uh, right. He didn't know quite what to do. <laughs> he got confused during the lineup and that was actually... No, no, no. That doesn't surprise me at all. The one figure on the global stage that President Trump was reverential to was the Queen. And you can imagine the power that has for the British government and also for our relationship. With she the seems States. fragile. I would I would be I'd be worried I'd break her. Some more muted responses, I would say, in forms of celebration today in some of the Commonwealth nations. How, how has she navigated the relationship w with those nations around the world throughout these years? And how how have her family members? I know there, there had been mixed responses. I'm going for I want the I want the young people shitting on it. Max, um, I think it's appropriate now to talk about what what the monarchy there looks like after the reign of Queen Elizabeth. She seems very sharp and astute. There we saw her on the balcony at the. My answer to that question is constantly that Emily will Prince Charles. Is I was misled by the. By the title. About shoring up the whole institution. So we're looking beyond just the individual that Prince Charles is and looking at the support team he has. And it's really her saying, look, this is the package. They, well, they've changed the title on me. Uh, right, because... Uh, see, see, I thought I was clicking on, I couldn't care less what some young Britons think of Queen's Platinum Jubilee. They, they did a bait and switch on me. They did a fucking bait and switch on me. I didn't want your, I didn't want your bullshit blowing fucking shit up the Queen's ass. Wondering what, what that line would. I came here to make a mockery of the crown and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Never offer the queen an ultimatum. Why it's good to be queen, but no one else in the royal family. The Palace Papers author, Tina Brown, gives insight into Harry and Meghan's 
mistakes and Charles's outlook as king. They have no freedom, really, observes Tina Brown. As a journalist, editor, and best-selling author, I don't care, uh, as the world celebrates the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, which marks 70 years on the throne, and the 25th anniversary of the death of Diana, Brown, join me on the Salon Talks. Oh, it's a, oh we've got a little video. Do we want to listen to him? He's a journalist and editor, a best-selling author existence really i mean there are a lot of privilege let's make no mistake about it there's an i mean you know crimea river in the sense that you know they yeah they live very nicely etc but they have no freedom really and freedom very is- nicely uh, very nicely you call this very nicely very as all status i call that fucking gaudy overkill uh, i think i call that theft from the fucking people um, Seem to indicate that Megan did not understand that. That uh, I, I I I call that we we should erect some again, things. Uh, Prince Edward, you describe that as well. Where there don't get me wrong, like we need to do that to some bankers here in the U.S. and anyone that calls themselves royalty. Royalty as a platform, you're just supposed to somehow I don't know magically be rich or something. I, I and there are so tones. You live in sexual uh, anarchy. She can't be accepting gifts. She can't be accepting gift bags. She can't get the swag anymore. But she also kind of can't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into this gossipy shit from Salon. Sorry. Let's let's talk about the Sex Pistols. Johnny Rotten, John Lydon says, "God bless the Queen." Without any irony for the Jubilee. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, like fucking, I'm not a, I'm not a Sex Pistols fan, but I'm a very big Public Image Limited fan. However, Johnny Rotten is really weird now. <laughs> There's a picture of him in his MAGA shirt. <laughs> he apparently lives here in the U.S. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with the man. John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, the lead singer of the Sex Pistols and Public Image Limited, has written a brief and to-the-point editorial for the UK Times that ranges from his thoughts on the royal family to his wife's struggles with Alzheimer's. Oh, I'm sorry for your wife, dude. And from Danny Boyle's new biopic, Pistol, which he fought legally, apparently, in his early struggles with fame. While the London-born Lydon, who has lived in Los Angeles for decades, courted controversy in recent years with statements in support of former President Trump, the editorial finds him as direct and unsentimental as ever, yet the most striking statements are him effectively contradicting the world-shattering statements he made in the Sex Pistols' first two singles, which laid the template for much of punk rock's ethos. In it, he says, Anarchy is a terrible idea. Defying the group's first single, Anarchy in the UK, and God Bless the Queen, which reverts the withering sarcasm of the group's second single, God Save the Queen, and the Fascist Regime. The Britain observes Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. He is totally... Okay, here's here's the weird part, is like... He'll still show up on on talk shows, and if you don't get him talking about politics, the dude seems like an awesome guy. And, like, now he has, like, a weird, like, anti-COVID and weird Trump support fucking views. But, like, 
He was calling out Jimmy Savile fucking years and years and years ago. Back before anybody else was. And he was always speaking like truth to power. So I don't understand what the fuck happened. I get he got fucking rich. He got rich. He got fucking rich. He's probably friends with Trump. Was friends with Trump long before uh, the whole Trumpism and Trump's entering into politics. It was just his friend running for office and shit. That's probably he's got some fucking celebrity brain. Has he been knighted? Has he he's gone to the fucking Buckingham Palace and been knighted and shit by the Queen? God bless the Queen. She puts up with a lot. He writes, "I've got no animosity against any one of the royal family. Never did. It's the institution of it that bothers me, and the assumption that I'm to pay for that. Pfft. Yeah, well, you, that's a that's a big part of it. There's where I draw the line. It's like, no, you're not getting ski holidays on my tax, or you know, fucking gaudy ass carriages." I don't, Mergen, I don't know anything about the, the Sex Pistols. As I said, like, I, I know Public Image Limited because I like 80s, like, new wave pop and that shit fucking bangs. I, I don't, I don't like punk music, so I was never really into the Sex Pistols. But fucking Johnny Rotten used to be a cool guy, but he gone rotten his brain. That was a horrible joke. I apologize for that. I'm too stoned for this. Oh, no. No, I'm not fucking high enough for this. God damn. Let me give you a content warning. Police released details into man's drowning where they didn't jump in and save him. So, content warning. The 12 minute long video. So, I ain't high enough for this shit. This happened on May 28th. Looks like they're outside of like some kind of arena or some shit. It's a rather large venue. Could be a school of some sort. You know, I didn't think about that, Tones. Hi. Tones in the chat pointed out that cops are loaded down with shit that wouldn't float, so... Okay, I can't understand what you're saying when you're looking down and mumbling. I'm just, uh, having some... a little bit of conversation issues with my husband at some But it's it's not good. It's frustrating to see the Okay, did you guys... Did you guys get into a physical confrontation? No, no, nothing like that. No. Okay. No, our conversations do get, um, loud, just... We like can you talk to, 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 to us? Can you talk to us? Okay, what's your first name? I think I 
Okay, it looks like it was some sort of argument with maybe him and his girlfriend. And she looks very disoriented. She could she could be having a panic attack. Could be having some kind of an episode. Yeah. Are you guys legally just, married? That's, that's her husband. A cab indeed. Okay. They're they're on some sort of a dock for those of you that may be listening to the audio. There's a there's a bridge that crosses a river, a lake, some body of water. So you're just gonna come back as Susan or Susanna? Susan. She she could be high as well. Yes, never call the cops, they just make things worse. Once again, this is just days after the incident. They're only going to release this if, if they think it makes them look good. So they actually thought that this video made them look good. Unless in their municipality there is some kind of a law that requires them to release it in a, in a certain amount of time. What are you diagnosed with? Yeah, she's she's saying she has a a issue. That's why I did I didn't want to jump to conclusions and be like, oh, she's she's tweaking on something. She could be, but like, you know, I don't I don't want to judge people. There are, are several issues that one could have that would could be mistaken for drug use. And, and looking down on people that suffer from that, like, does them no good. Okay, so now the cops are moving away from the wife. Who seemed like she was very pleasant, reasonable. She calmed down after they were there for a little bit. She was, she was clearly shook up. So now we're moving back away from the, like, the pier that they were on. We're going. We're going to a. It looks like it could be a pedestrian bridge that goes across this body of water. <coughs> it looks like they already had another cop speaking with him. He's sitting on a bench. She thinks you're from Japan. I could totally grind on that bridge. Ollie off of that motherfucker. Never believe the cops when they say that either. They they could be homeless. 
ACDC fan. Why they believe his response to if he was an ACDC fan? Exactly. Are you about to rock, sir? We salute you. They they do have their belongings. Both of them had, you know, like carts they were in possession of. So it's possible they are homeless. So There's just cops harassing homeless people. I like... Dude seems fucking fine right now. So, like, did the cops make the situation worse? Did the cops coming in and intervening in the situation make it fucking worse? And then they didn't even save the guy? It's possible that in in the municipality they're in, they're they're required to show ID, but that's probably about it. They're acting like they are going to arrest him. Look at look at the like the pincer move they're doing on him. He's got his hand on his gun. He, like, they escalated the situation. Water makes you, make you lose your hair? There was water in this lake, yeah. I, I believe that. You guys stay over the oh, God, this is going to be horrible, isn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they really... They, We're turned away from the guy right now. We can't really see what's going on. Is that more cops showing up on bikes? No, I think they, they, they're just going on about their merry way. You do what? He's standing in between him and his shit. He's got his hand on his gun. Why cops got to do this shit? This gets a little, gets a little worked up when you get no, a little no, bit of anxiety. It's good. I just drink coffee. I'm drink coffee. Oh, yeah. It's the acidity. Do I drink coffee now? I don't like the taste of it. I can I can already tell you that the cops made this worse. Oh my god! What are, you, what are you doing, my friend? We we couldn't really see him do it, but like he just hopped on over there. He shimmied down an embankment or something. I thought he was gonna jump in, but like. He did this weird maneuver. You're not allowed to swim in the lake.
Yeah, there's like a slanted embankment or something down there. There was some kind of. How far do you think he's gonna be able to swim? Some kind of structure or support. Yeah. Well, you guys got to stay here in case he gets out. I'll get that thing here with the boat. I think he got out in the middle of the lake and he's lost. He's lost control and he's. It's too deep. Pipeball 12, the subject that Pipeball 11 was running, was jumped in the lake and was trying to swim away. I mean, what, what were you there to arrest him for? What, what the fuck did he do? This just seems like a sick way for you guys to spend your evening. On a, on a perfectly nice Saturday night. There are turbines at the base. My God. Oh, they they put up a content warning now. I'll give you another one. I don't like nobody subscribed or anything. I don't know what caused that. Wait, what? Oh, they cut off. They cut off. He's not allowed to swim in the lake. He should have been arrested for swimming in the lake. Yeah, yeah apprehend the motherfucker. Yeah, they wanted to fuck with him until he tried to run away. I guess we should be thankful that he uh, didn't get shot. Uh, the woman told police that they got into an argument but insisted everything was okay. So why the fuck were you still there? Why were you fucking with the dude? Why were you fucking with the dude? You caused his death. And nobody's going to be held accountable for it. An officer then tells Bickings to swim to Pylon. Bickings says he can't and the officer replies, Okay, I'm not jumping in after you. The transcript continues with Biggings asking officers to help him, the woman telling the officers to save him, and an officer then tells the woman that another officer is getting a boat. According to the transcript, the woman said, I'm just distraught because he's drowning right in front of you and you won't help. An officer then says Biggings hasn't come up for about 30 seconds. Police said Bickings was pulled out of the water by Tempe's fire and rescue team and pronounced deceased. Biggins was reportedly trying to escape arrest because of various warrants. And if it, like, okay, if it had been anything other than just minor bullshit, they would have mentioned that. <sighs> Fuck these cops, a cab. Hopefully, nobody in Florida is drowning, as they are getting hit hard. I guess by the first tropical storm of the season. 
Flood water is not going down easy in many spots. From Chopper 4, we spotted people waiting in the high water and water bubbling up from a drain in another area. Now, remember, if your neighborhood is flooded, officials warn you to stay out of the water because you never know what danger could be lurking underneath. Our team coverage continuing tonight with a look at the very personal toll the rising waters took on some families. This is, this is the summer of natural disaster and mass shootings. Miami Beach now, so Ashley... How's it looking out there? It's going to be a hot, hot summer, guys. We're going to see record temperatures in places, massive droughts in some parts of the country, flooding in other parts. Right near Miami Beach, senior high. You know, you still see this flooding behind me, but we're seeing the water recede a lot as the day goes on. If you can picture just hours ago this morning, this water stretched all so get ready up into people's front lawns and that is the time of day it was around seven o'clock that this man tells me he was driving to work his car stalled out and you see here about seven o'clock tonight don't try to draw through the water get his car back on people we talked with say it is a rough start to rainy season across south florida roads underwater it's a long-term concern Cars stalled. It's scary. I'll say a little anxious, just making sure I get through. And homes flooded. The whole entire house is flooded. Hallandale Beach taking... Behave yourself, RB. Three inches, almost four inches of water. Tiana Bryant noticed water seeping in. You can't come in here and be living in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. are doing what they can to get it out. Now I got to figure it out. This is just the beginning season of the rain and... Yes, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. As we went further south, the theme continued. Storm damage and mass shootings. That's what's on the menu, bitches. Nothing life-threatening, but just moving cars and making sure people are okay. People who live here say they're pumped. Welcome to America. Stood no chance against the heavy downpours. And he said the pumps just are they're on, but they're just not keeping up. Meanwhile, in Miami Beach, it's time to take the boat out. Prairie Avenue near Miami Beach Senior High soaked in several inches of water. Yeah, the whole road is covered, but on the other hand, it's uh, it's not reaching. Soaked like your mama's panties. Uh, we're still good. Want to come over and have some of her lasagna? Right now, you are looking at a storm drain clogs. See, you can objectify some fictitious yo mama. This is what uh, many of the storm drains actually look like along Prairie this, Avenue. This poor young lady is just doing her job. They say they have people working around the clock trying to clean up these soggy roads. For now, that's the latest. Live from Miami Beach, Ashley Dyer, CBS 4 News. <sighs> I mean, it's just the new normal in Miami. Uh, as I said, it's the summer of mass shootings and, and, and storm damage. New design I've put up on the freak store. Another day in mass shooting USA. I'll donate money to every town for gun violence. Here's your, here's your animal video for this evening. It's a... Baby with a big fucking puppy. He's a big old puppy. 125 pound uh, dog. Which which sounds cute as fuck. We let a gorilla in the house. <laughs> Damn, he is way bigger than that kid. 
It's the dodo. I can't have that. I can't have that music up. I'll get popped. It is very cute, though. Is that him as a puppy? Oh, fuck kids. I don't like kids. No, don't literally fuck kids. Don't do that. That'd be very bad. Figuratively fuck kids. But like, that's sweet. That's sweet that the puppy was all about the baby. Look at him! Oh my god! Oh! I mean, that's fucking adorable. Seriously, RB, why are you so randy tonight? RB stands for Randy Bitch up in here. <laughs> that was funny. You gotta admit that was funny. <laughs> I'm glad I got a laugh out of you. If you are watching on Twitch, it is time to head over to Echoplex Media. It is the Plex podcast portion of the show. We're gonna say hey to producer Dave. We're we're gonna we're gonna finish up this video here. I'm not I'm not gonna cut you off from the puppy. I think I might have just like one little hit left in my bong. Cash it out. Eed. And we got Santa showing up. Old's a kid now, about nine, ten months, something like that. Maybe a little younger. Maybe they're only able to stand because they're holding on to the windowsill. So maybe that puts them at like four months or five months or some shit like that. Oh, he's patting the puppies back. Oh, I guess they're outside the window because of COVID or some shit. Oh, no. They're holding the kid. Oh, look at him shaking his little butt. <laughs> oh, shit, he's so excited. Oh, is he going to give him a treat? Yeah, kid ain't going to remember Santa. I mean, it's for them. They wanted to dress up as Mr. and Mrs. Claus. It's not for the kid. He ain't going to remember that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> 
You can let your you can let your little baby play in a box. Oh, it's for its Christmas. It'll enjoy that just as much. When I was a kid, I loved a good box. Didn't you all love a good box when you were a kid? You could do all kinds of shit in a box. <laughs> I I'm not playing. A box could be a race car. It could be a spaceship. It could be all kinds of fucking shit. Depends on how big your box is. You can do other shit with your box. Oh, you a little bit older. You can put a dick in the box. Dick in the box. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're watching on Twitch, I'm sending you over to Echoplex Media. This is the Plex. Go, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun. No, no, don't do that. I'm cutting you guys off for tonight. No, maybe somebody should cut me off. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.